1: Hey, hey, hey world, how you doing? It's your boy back again, Vince the Bailey, and welcome to the Black Mental Matters Podcast. That's right, we're talking about mental health and black community in-depth interviews, discussions around that mental health, you know, that stigma, which by the way spelled backwards is am gets. And we am getting some uh, good group therapy going on here, you know, and today's program is about addiction. And what is that? It's a psychological and physical inability to stop consuming a chemical, drug, activity or substance, even when it's causing psychological and physical harm. Now, the term addiction, to be clear, doesn't only refer to dependence on substances like uh, heroin or cocaine. A person who can't stop taking a drug has a substance dependence, right? But then you have addictions that involve an uh, inability to stop partaking in things like gambling, eating, or working, and that's It's a behavioral addiction, but for today's purposes, uh, for this show, we're going to be talking about that substance abuse uh, because it is a chronic disease that is. Oh man, it comes from all kinds. Can result from taking medications, the the, the opioids now causing 115 deaths every day in the United States. Uh, You know, folks can't control how they use or partake in. They become dependent, you know, with everyday life, and um, we want to really get a good grip on with. This whole thing of addiction is about. So I got my good friend. He's a master addiction therapist and so much more. It's Dr. Eugene Harrington. Black Mental Matters, you all. It starts right now. once again we are today with uh, my friend and yours as well as Dr Eugene Harrington he's a clinical psychologist and social worker in private practice here in the Atlanta metro and Old friend again. Hey, good to see you again, Doc. Good to see you. Always when I'm with you, you know, I learn so much and it's uh, such a a good thing. And I hope that everybody takes advantage of this group uh, therapy session because today, Doc, we're going to talk about something that uh, just about every family in America and, uh, uh, you know, black or white or whatever, but this is Black Mental Matters. We're talking about addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, with this opioid thing now, I mean, and, you know, just on that in particular, I wonder how big an issue, or do you know how big it is within the Black community? Because typically, Black folks didn't take pills, no, they did not You know, we drank, we had
0: home remedies,
1: huh? yeah, yeah. yeah we, we we didn't take pills, no. But 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 today, what 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 what, what has happened where so many folks are taking these, uh, you know, opioids and oxycontins and all that? What's what's going on
0: there? Yeah, there's many things going on, but I think one of the things that's going on is that they don't see a future. They don't see a lifestyle that's functional for them. They see a lot of things that are just simply not working for them. And uh, to move out of that state of being or that state of functioning, they think there is a miracle something out there that can do the job. Mm. And that thing... It's very tricky. It's, uh, its its chemical properties are not known. Any of those substances, it could be opiates, or it could be marijuana, cocaine, alcohol, alcohol, beer, wine. You you name it. And. Um, this is to fulfill the emptiness and when we say emptiness we're basically talking about basic depression Mm. the emptiness inside of individuals i can fulfill that because i think there's something empty inside of me that i see other people have and these people who i think have it probably can share it with me but um there's always individuals out there who will sell you something if they find out that you are lonely and you you don't have a lifestyle and you you don't Feel good about yourself, they will pretend to be your physician or your doctor and say, you know well, hey, come with me. I got something that will make you feel a little bit better. Mm. And uh, they will be the first purchasers of this substance. They will probably purchase it for you several times and say, how do you feel? And are you doing well? Yeah, I feel good. This this is the best I've felt in a long time. Mm. But they're actually setting you up for some sort of an addiction or some sort of dependency on a chemical substance.
1: Now, Doc, you, you, you said it now. You, you you said it, that that. that, that Setting you up now. This whole opioid thing actually got its beginnings, though, in a doctor's office. Yes, you see. Yeah, uh, I know. We were talking. You were saying how people, um, you know, the the tolerance for pain they just can't take, so they need something. But you know, getting uh, you know a bottle of oxy from your doctor to, just because your toe hurt. Yeah. And, and, and then the end result becomes you know fentanyl and everything else. But Absolutely. Let me talk about that. I mean, should, when the doctors prescribing uh, these pain pills, what,
0: what should we be aware of? Well, well first of all, I think uh, some physicians—I'm not you know de- talking about physicians, but some physicians were prescribing pain pills or pain medicine to young athletes. You know, if the parents brought them in and say, well, uh, he's playing football and he, he fractured some parts of his leg or his feet or whatever, uh, they would um, prescribe our pain medicine. Mm-hmm. And at high doses is, is that not knowing that an individual that young doesn't know how to manage food, let alone managing a drug. Oh, wow. And uh, that person goes on and on and um, will not recognize any of the physical ailments that's going on because they know they can get some chemical that, that will uh, dull that, that pain and so forth. So they grow up knowing that uh, they are not individuals who can successfully deal with pain. Hmm. Anytime anything of pain comes up, and pain can come from so many different sources. Or anytime any of those pain thing comes up, they think there's a remedy, and they go for it. And oftentimes the parents are the ones who say, "You know, I can't deal with the pain. Pain medicine is left loose in the medicine cabinet in the bathroom." Yes. And, you know, children, whatever you tell them not to do, they will do it. That's right. Uh, And they will go in and taste that. And whatever they're dealing with, they feel a little bit better than they did before. So they're hooked. So you got early generations of individuals and families who are basically introducing themselves to substances that will cause them to be dependent on the substance or downright addicted on the substance. And addicted Addictedness is when you will do things that is detrimental to your life to get that substance. You will actually spend the the house note bill or the gas bill or even rob somebody to get the money. To to get that altered state of mind. To get that 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 altered state of mind and that's when you're highly addicted and um there's nothing you can do about it because it's like I feel good when I take it but I feel bad when I don't have it mm, and yeah. uh that's when you you basically have put yourself in the hands of someone else who have to detox you from the chemicals and that's over weeks and months and so forth and they're very expensive yeah you you, you said something uh, that uh uh, you know that we're we're starting out young, and you think about
1: our, our kids preschool, well not preschool, but elementary school where there was so much of the Ritalin mm-hmm. that they were giving and things they say to calm these little boys down and calm these kids down. And as you say, as you progress in life, you take a pill for this, you take a pill for that. You think about the housewives, you know, they, they were ones they got because they were I guess uh, somewhat bored. Like you say, their their lives wasn't as fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Take one, ooh, I feel a little better. This make me feel good. The volumes and all those things. I mean, we
0: have really messed stuff <laughs> we're, we're just we yeah we're, we've gotten in chronic um oh my goodness uh, uh uh situations here very traumatic situations now i must say this in in lieu of uh the mind and the body and the individuals we we do like altered states of consciousness yeah we don't want to stay in a fixed state all day or 24 7 and if you can recall back and i think most of you can is that we used to spin ourselves around with our arms straight uh out. to to our sides. To get uh, dizzy. To get dizzy. (laughs) And we got dizzy and we fell down and it was a different altered state of consciousness for us. Now that's the natural one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that little pill boy, (laughs) that that little
0: little pill is more powerful. Mm. And I kind of liken that to the medical field because the the over the counter medicine you get they say it's strong but it's actually weak. Mm. And uh, when you go to the physician they can give you the same medicine, that's much more strong and much more functional, but it also has the addicted properties attached to that as well. So you have to just know that the body is capable of handling things that happen to you, uh, if it's taken good care of. Uh, pain is a message from the body to you to do something, and it's not so much you to. To, to drown the pain. Mask it out. Mask it out. Be, yeah. But it's for you to 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 investigate and to intervene about, you know, what's this all about. But we we we're so our mind is racing so fast these days and everything is quick and fast. It's like cell phones and that like, we don't have time to do that. Mm. So we want a quick fix. And that quick fix could be a drug. But you gotta remember when you buy things outside of our uh, control um situations You may be buying something that is not what you're supposed to be getting because the seller who wants to make more and more dollars might mix the substance with something yeah. else. And you probably don't know the mixtures there. And an overdose can do grave harm. Well, oh, that's a whole nother. Hey, listen,
1: we're talking again today with uh, Dr. Eugene uh, Harrington, clinical psychologist and social worker. And today we're talking about addiction. And uh, if you or someone that you know, I mean, you know the signs uh, of, of addiction. And maybe if you don't, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Listening to Black Mental Matters. Welcome back. It's uh, Black Mental Matters. I'm Vince, the voice Bailey, along with uh, Dr. Eugene Harrington. In today's program, this podcast, we're talking about addiction. And, uh, Doc, uh, are there some signs uh, that uh, perhaps we could see in ourselves or see in others to say, wait a minute, uh, this is going a little more than you just need to take that or, you know, without even getting to the hard, you know, illegal drugs? I'm, I'm still maybe on on the legal drugs, but, the, but. but you know, because alcohol is legal. Marijuana is getting legal everywhere uh, these days.
0: Um, are there some signs, some symptoms that we would uh, recognize easily? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, there, there's very uh, distinguishable signs. One is the pupil of the eye. Mm. Once that pupil is expanded and enlarged, it suggests that something, uh, some chemicals in your body. Mm. Some of the other symptoms may be a unrelenting craving for something that you absolutely have to have. And I I, I, I think uh, if we go back a little bit, like this altered states of consciousness, we, we remember in the um, Baptist churches and other churches where we would have some of the sisters and some of the, the deacons and men go into an altered state and faint and shout. Now that's get the Holy Ghost that's the Holy Ghost Uh the Holy Ghost was a good altered state of consciousness (laughs) and it it was a way of tapping into your higher spiritual self and having that be the source of uh, inspiration and energy and and, and high functioning but uh, we've Pass that up because many people call themselves uh, bedside TV uh, church members. They they watch TV. What the televangelists? Televangelists yeah. while they're doing the drugs. Uh, but maybe they don't do that at all. Wow. Um, and we we talked about these two different levels. One is that you you are addicted, but the other one is that you're dependent. And dependency can come from those early. Um, Situation we're talking about young athletes, mm-hmm. and so forth, and and they get hooked on this stuff, and before you know it, that they are in an addictive state of consciousness.
1: I could I could even recall the the the, the smaller kids again, and talked about this before, where Tommy, you know, the all, everybody in the class knew Tommy didn't get his medicine today because he mm-hmm. he 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 a little different today. Mm-hmm. So they we've already set him on track. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, it's almost as if we are not and I'm using the word we limited, uh, it's a significant number of us feel that this body that we live in is just not, not a good body.
1: Not good enough.
0: It's not good enough. I mean, the the most scholarly persons may be on some sort of drugs that keeps them up longer to study for an exam or to read. It could be no dose pills or whatever, and that can lead to other things. I remember when I was in school, there were students who could um, stay up basically all night, but they were doing marijuana and cocaine and stuff like that. Yeah. And here, that'll you, do it. That'll keep you up. that would keep, <laughs> <laughs> keep you up. And you you being a straight lay student yeah. and not doing any of those things, and they're like wheeling off answers and stuff like that. I remember a specific situation in school where uh, this student uh, was doing drugs, and we, we talked about altered states of consciousness, and the altered state that the drug put her in did not leave her. It stayed. She Mm. stayed in that altered state. So when she came to class to sit for the exam and to write her answers, she wrote her name for all of the answers. Why? Because she was in that drug altered state. Wow. She wasn't in her normal state. Wow. So you have to be careful about use of drugs. And those are ways, those are, those are things that will give you away. And those are things will say, you know, don't do this because you lose control of how Mind works. Something else,
1: uh, you know, that you mentioned earlier is A, you don't know what's sometimes in that pill, in that uh, little capsule. Yeah. And then B, I mean, these days it just seems, and I'm 56 now, we've all done what we've done over the years. This stuff is a whole lot more powerful today. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, even the marijuana, they talk about the marijuana. It, yes. that it is so much more powerful than the little oregano looking stuff you know from Absolutely. back in the day. And what That's- is it doing to our bodies? And
0: it, it, It's just doing horrible things to our body. And I think we can go back to early times when there were prohibitions, on alcohol and there were prohibition on tobacco too, smoking hmm. but I think the tobacco people won but now basically at this point in time they have lost because I think most places are prohibiting smoking yes uh, and, and the smoking industry has, uh, has shrunk shrunk uh, considerably but um, I think it's a political thing where Uh, countries don't want the citizenship to experience uh, different states of mind and they wouldn't know how to handle those individuals if they did because some of the drugs kind of heighten the mind that you're bigger than who you are, that you sound better and that you can do more things than you ever thought you could ever do. Right. And I think uh, the the local uh, officials and the federal officials just don't know so they limit it the amount of substances, it could be smoking, or alcohol, or other prohibited drugs that will give people a chance to grow higher to a higher level of functioning. I think it's to keep people at an early adolescent period so they can control them. And uh, But it seems like marijuana has become the default drug for a certain population right now. Because I remember, um, you know, you ask people, doctors ask people, you know, uh, do you do drugs? Uh, Do you do do, do alcohol? No, I do marijuana. (laughs) Just (laughs) a little weed, I don't do drugs. Just just a little weed. (laughs) it is so prevalent today. I think in many states. I think it's maybe up to seven or eight states who legalize legalized it, including yeah. Canada. So, Doc, you, you know, you had said
1: uh, you brought up cigarettes and, and tobacco, which is another addiction, mm-hmm. and now today they have uh, these uh, vapes. Yes, a whole new ball game. Yes, that these young people are, uh, and it's just it's just amazing to me at the amount of smoke that they're blowing out <laughs> when yes. they take a puff from this thing. Absolutely. But now we're hearing that, I mean, lungs are being just traumatized Mm. very, very quickly Mm. uh, uh, from this stuff. But kids, high school, middle school are being addicted to these things already. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's coming at such an early age. And I think be, we can go back to the body. I think um, if a pregnant mother doesn't put the right nutrients in the body to produce a healthy child, the child will come up. And usually, those chemicals um, they can they can actually hide in the fat cells and also in the uh, scrotums and those kind of parts of the body and can be transferred to the, to the fetus. Mm. So they're predisposed to some of these drugs prior to even coming. The crack babies crack babies, babies and so forth yeah and so on and that's a, a another bad part of this 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 substance abuse and you know a lot of people want to look good and all the time but sometimes you can look bad you know if you don't want to do drugs you just simply don't do do drugs you don't have to follow the crowd I remember um I tried um, making myself look bad uh, <laughs> I, I tried to do um, uh Cigars, and they, it just didn't work. I mean, rather than make me feel good, it gave me a headache. <laughs> uh, I, I, but that picture, you look cool. the picture looked, looked real cool. cool, and it defined your personality. He's a he's a oh, man. He's a, a young side. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also, you know, there's another one out there called smokeless uh, um, tobacco. Tobacco, yeah, and yeah. that's the snuff. And I grew up around a lot of ladies who used that one. Oh my goodness. Uh, as if life is not enough, and I I. I don't know if, if you don't like life, you know, tell somebody and they can find some other methods. But usually people, most people have some external substance to actually bring them alive and to make them feel good, so to speak, uh, for specific, short specific points of time and that's not the way to live life so you need to
1: identify that in you, your life
0: you need to identify yeah. it in your life and that's why we find people overdose we find people who do suicide because um you know you don't know what you're going to do you don't know where that drug is going to lead the mind and usually some of the thoughts that are currently in the mind it would magnify those i remember i heard a story about a person went to denver colorado where the drugs is legal and um He was in a hotel, probably on the fifth or sixth floor, and he had marijuana, and he just jumped from the window. Uh So you just don't know. And my whole thing about me, I want to always be in control of my mind. Hmm. I didn't want any bottle or any substance or any materials to take my mind away from me, and I don't know where it's going to be. Well, we're so glad you made that (laughs) decision. (laughs) And there's there's one other story. Um, My father and I, we had a neighbor who would get drunk on on the weekend. Preferably on Saturday, and uh, he would um, go to town, and I think it was moonshine that he would drink yeah. because he didn't have very much money to buy uh, other liquors. And um, he would fall; he was he would be in a wagon, and he would fall off the wagon on the road, and we would see the wagon coming without him, and we knew that we need to go down there and get him and pick him up, take him home, put him in the bed, because. It was something, unless it it always goes by this depression stuff. There's something that's eaten at me mentally, I can't handle, and um, I'm self-medicating with some sort of substance that supposedly will give me some release.
1: We're talking about addiction, and we have the expert with us today. is Dr. Eugene Harrington, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Black Mental Matters. Black Middle Matters is back. I'm Vince the Voice Bailey, along with Dr. Eugene Harrington, and today we're talking about addiction. And uh, Doc, we want to help some folks. So there, there are some things. If if we've identified after listening here today that myself, my child, my wife, my husband, what have you, uh, is actually fallen a victim to addiction of uh, substances, uh,
0: what are some of the things that we need to do to start healing there? There, there are several things uh, we didn't bring up in the last session. The AA programs, Mm. Uh, those Those are are still around. Those are still around. Um, I think the first one was alcoholic anonymous, Anonymous, alcohol Alcohol anonymous, Anonymous, and that one is still around. And there's chapters all over the various cities. there's some that are housed in churches. How do you find those? Because the, the reason I say they're still around, it used to
1: be there would be messaging out around. I mean, is it, can you just go online? You can
0: probably just go online then. Just I from, think you can go online yeah, and get okay. it. They've pretty much been somewhat of a secret organization. Right. And basically, Anonymous. if you know somebody in it, they can guide you into into that one. And I, the other one is is, is um, you got alcohol and then you got- uh, Narcotics. N- narcotics. N-A. Uh-huh. N.A. N.A. is a little bit looser. Mm. Uh, the the chapters are open to non addicted individuals. Mm. Um, you. Oh, for the family members. For I the family of, is members. Al I for, think that's called. Al, Al- Anon? Yeah. is for the family. And that's for the family to learn all about addiction and how to talk and work with an addicted person. I remember when I was in school, I was told to visit uh, a, a, a meeting, and my instructor said, Go in, don't say anything, just listen and observe. And that's what I did. I went in, and um, there was so much smoke in the room, <laughs> I could hardly see who was sitting next to me. Well, and you know, Eric's <laughs> got to do something. And, <laughs> and, and everybody had a cup of coffee. coffee <laughs> so I think it's, it's How hot. does he know so much about that and scene? It's hard <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 addictions and soft addictions. Yes. And usually the person who um, goes to these uh, uh, programs, they usually go to more than one. Some people go to five or six a day yeah, yeah. so they're addicted to the program and I'm not putting the program down because I think the programs are great and I think there are um, the AA type programs for every there's for writers there's AA program for artists mm. there's a, a AA program for uh, you name it they're out there and usually the larger the city is the more diversity you have in terms of the various programs but I think that a program should be introduced at a very early phase, and I think most churches should work with it and, and, and cater it and build it around some of the needs of the church. And actually, if we did it um, in terms of schools, and I think all oh, mental health um, personnel and, and so forth should should actually, and I encourage my students to visit uh, these, these types of programs. Yeah. I remember for my first visit, I just couldn't believe what I heard because the stories were so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, this one guy worked in the hospital and he took the midnight shift uh, so that he could get high during the day. And he, he he took apartment in the ghetto so he'd have additional money to buy drugs. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't... Couldn't could even imagine. Uh, I, I, yeah. That was just beyond me. I just oh. couldn't imagine anything yeah. like that in my life. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's such, a, such a, a hard thing. But the, those programs, and Al-Anon is another one, is not for the addicted person. And let me go back. Uh, the the uh, okay. AA program is for persons who actually stopping. But if you're using, you may be demembered. Mm. From the program. Wow. So you have to completely uh uh stop stop using to stay in those programs. Well they have
1: uh I guess what is like milestones that you meet along the way. I mean mm-hmm. what you can I mean I, I, I do have some knowledge about the program in, in that you know you you gotta what is it uh first acknowledge you yes. know that you got a problem. Yes. So you know if uh that you drinking and, and smoking and, power, putting, and you right? get the higher power, the yeah. serenity prayer. Yes, you know yeah. and, and so that it is a tool that works because I've seen many, many, many people Mm -hmm. where it was successful for. And, uh, you know, then I've seen other people where perhaps it wasn't that. And I know even for myself, you know, when, when I was young and dumb and having all kinds of fun, I thought, you know, uh, you know, family becomes the most important thing. And if you want to keep your family, then you need to stop doing this, that, and the other. And so many of us out here, you know, face those kinds of uh, situations for whatever reason. But there is uh, programs and therapy and then people like yourself that can help folks get through and uh, come out on the other side. Absolutely.
0: I, I, I think there's very good components of those programs. But there are some aspects of the program that I slightly disagree with. You know, each time a, a member goes to the program and wants to speak, you have to say, my name is so-and-so, I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Well, being a being a clinical person, if you suggest that you're something, eventually mine is going to accept it, and you you will be that thing. So uh, that's a kind of no-no for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, is that that first uh, step, though, again, is that acknowledgement? I guess that's how you yeah, really but, acknowledge but it. <laughs>
0: do I have to acknowledge Keep that? It every, for 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> do different. I have to Acknowledge uh, how many how long yeah. and how many times and yeah. so forth because of the mere fact you're there, they know that you you are addicted. The other thing is that um, the relapse part of it is so dangerous and I think it's never been dealt with sufficiently.
1: Relapse being when you stop and then for a little while and then you you yeah. end up slipping and drinking or smoking or yeah. shooting or whatever and, it is.
0: And actually, you may not stop, but you may be at a function where you took some liquids and, and they were out. Alcoholic, they, they had they had, something in, had something in it, and uh, you you broke your your uh, uh, your addiction. And many people commits they think about suicide when that happened to them. But they messed up. The they messed up. Messed up so you'll find the no. big major holidays in this country that those places are open twenty four seven because they don't want to be around their fa- regular family members because substance abuse and alcohol may be a present uh, during those times. So they avoid. Actually, being fun, which makes them become a subpopulation unto themselves. Um, the other thing is that they don't deal with traditional church and traditional religion. Uh, they don't name a specific. Uh, it's a dear, higher power. Deity yeah. is a higher power, and that word is becoming more more acceptable these days among non-addicted people as well. So that's that's okay. But I, I that's that's one of the major uh, services out there that will help persons who are addicted. And I think the group work part of it is very special because you get a chance to tell your story and people can react to it and so forth and so on. Mm. Uh, and that's very helpful. So, so if any of our
1: uh, uh, podcast listeners, uh, yourself are uh, dealing with uh, some type of addiction with uh, drugs, alcohol, what have you, or you know of someone, That would be a great first step is to try to get to an AA or NA meeting. It's as simple as going online, looking up Alcoholics Anonymous, find out, uh, uh, you know, a lot of churches, they have it and a lot of uh, facilities that are open out there and uh, you get counselors and sponsors to work with you. And you can beat this thing called addiction, despite all the setup that we've been put in along this way. So, Doc, unfortunately, we ran out of time, man. It's always so good talking to you. Is there
0: are two more things I can mention. Did
1: you got to get in quick, Doc? Yeah, very
0: quickly. Uh, this is um, usually major conferences. We'll have a AA meeting, but it usually starts around 11 or 12 o'clock in, at night, and it's not advertised that much. So just look, ask, Google, ask Google about this if you okay. go to these big conferences. The other thing is co-counseling. And that's when two people counsel each other. One talks and one never says anything and just listen. And I think that could be a good um, a process of uh, working with people who are addicted.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Eugene Harrington. He is a uh, clinical psychologist and social worker in private practice here. You can look him up online. And, of course, uh, we look forward to uh, helping you and, and anything that we can do. Uh,
0: you can write us at uh,
1: info at blackmentalmatters.com. I'm Vince The Voice Bailey, and we'll see you next time. Black Mental Matters. Thank you